0: Welcome to the Court of Owlets podcast, where we believe that meat is murder and murder is meat. And on that note, Muse has been (laughs) meated. Sorry, I just said that to see what Joe would do. (laughs) No, Muse has not been meated or muted. She is currently doing something very cool.
1: She's waiting for Marvel to come back.
0: (laughs) Marvel has been (laughs) meated. All right, (laughs) I'm V. And I am here with Joe. Hi. We're a comic podcast that uploads weekly. You can check out the show notes for which comics we'll be covering this week, and their timestamps so that you can skip over those titles if it's something you haven't read yet or aren't interested in reading. To start off, we'll be covering comics from our long box. Basically, we'll be covering any Trinity titles and any Justice League titles. Normally, Muse would cover Marvel, but this week we have a very scant supply of DC comics to cover. Joe, you started off by reading Wonder Woman 755.
1: Yeah, it is written by Steve Orlando. Normally, I am a fan of Steve Orlando, but ever since he took over Wonder Woman after her annual that came out a couple months ago, I don't know. It feels like everything that's going on in the story seems important. I just don't care. I don't know what it is.
0: Well, remind me, how long have you been reading this Wonder Woman run?
1: I want to say since November.
0: That's a really long time, though. Well, I just came in cold on this one, so obviously I have, like, a little bit of a different perspective than you who Mm -hmm. have been on this, you know, journey with Wonder Woman. So what did you think about just the way the story was going?
1: So the premise of the story, as I've mentioned in the past episode when we discussed Wonder Woman, somebody that she had helped raise from her life of her parents, who were Nazis, this woman who Diana decided to name Helen. She found out about her Nazi parents and also found out that Diana kept this from her and didn't understand why Diana never told her. Helen decided she was so inspired by Wonder Woman she wanted to change the world so she signed up with Argus because they were trustworthy at the time. Argus blows up because of Leviathan. Leviathan finds Helen, recruits Helen as his war master to put an end to Diana and so... Warmaster found out her actual name was Paula von Gunther, found out that she was not only descendant of Nazis, but also Valkyries who battle against the Amazons, and both of their perspectives on this tale are opposites. Diana feels that the Valkyries came to Themyscira and just wanted war, so the Amazons gave them war. On Paula's end, she believes that Valkyries went to Themyscira in search of knowledge, And the Amazons felt that they weren't worthy of Amazonian knowledge, so they killed them.
0: So was this like established that the Amazons are the bad guys in this, or is that just Paula's version?
1: This is just Paula's version, but she does bring up a couple points to Diana how Amazons aren't perfect.
0: And she's backed up by the editor in those. I love the boxes. I
1: know.
0: (laughs) I think I pulled it because that was like the only part of this I laughed in because I know it's not a comedy. She was going off on Wonder Woman. She's like, are they truly so above savagery? Have they never turned on each other? Have they never acted without honor? They did in Wonder Woman 75, (laughs) says Paul, the editor. (laughs) Do you truly believe something must be true? Simply because everyone keeps repeating it, a whole culture can be built on a lie. If the lie is strong enough, it could in Wonder Woman 754, says Paul. (laughs) And you read 754. I did. I did not. So what happened in that one?
1: I don't exactly remember because that was way back in March. Right. But I think it was just more of the uncovered truths about Paula and her ancestry. Yeah, because she found her family's spear, and with that spear, she gained connection with all of her ancestors. She felt every single death her ancestors have by the Amazonian hands.
0: So this is, like, confirmed then. This isn't just Paula's delusion. Right. Because Paul, the editor, is confirming that the whole culture is built on a lie.
1: Not the whole culture, but just this one particular instance where they were fighting the Valkyries. That, yeah, their perspective is still like kind of split because you only see, I, I believe it was only a panel or two of these flashbacks.
0: I mean, you see it again in this one, too.
1: Yeah, the one panel.
0: So like just from reading this one, like you don't even have to go back and read the last one to understand that she believes what she's saying. I'm just saying that Paul confirming that her phrase, where she said, a whole culture can be built on a lie if the lie is strong enough. Paul, like, going, yeah, look at the last episode.
1: Because it kind of, like, trying to get you to side with Paula here about the Valkyries were innocent. They were only seeking knowledge. And the Amazonians turned on her. But then again, like, also. Diana has been in this state of a flux right now for the past couple issues where a bunch of these different truths became uncovered and she is basically trying to re-find herself of what it means to be Wonder Woman again. Mm-hmm. But that was the whole start of Orlando's run. He's only been on it for a couple of issues. It's nothing super long. And it was only going to be a small time anyway because he is leaving to go work on a marvel story so he was just going to be a temporary writer until they found the new wonder woman writer Mm. so this is kind of like just a filler but again i just hated everything about event leviathan so anything tying to it and be like no it's still current i'm just like ugh, just let it die please (laughs) yeah basically with what happened in this story does quickly sum it up is that donna troy actually got encountered by two of war master's four horse women because they're trying to recruit her to go against diana and open up the portals to themiscara to take back what the valkyries attempted in the beginning and at the same time wonder woman gets teleported to fight war master who is paula van gunther head on i will say it was cool to see donna Troy. I haven't seen a lot of her in Rebirth. I knew that she was part of the Titans run while Wally was still alive before Heroes in Crisis. And they brought her back for the Year of the Villain, Hellarisen event, where she got infected by the Batman Who Laughs. So now she's kind of just going back to doing her own thing in New York where she got encountered. And something happened, I'm not exactly sure, where Diana didn't tell Donna the whole truth about her identity. So this is something new for Rebirth, I want to say, because I know that Donna and Diana were very close pre-Flashpoint. So it still gets a little bit confusing about what memories transferred over from pre-Flashpoint to Rebirth.
0: It could be one of those, like, dual situations where you have, like, Drake here and Robin there. (laughs) Didn't mean to remind you of that.
1: (laughs) I completely forgot about that. (laughs)
0: It's the Tim Drake thing right now. It's like, where is he? What is he doing? What's Mm -hmm. real? What's not? First of all, I walked in on this, obviously. It starts with Donna Troy, and I have not seen much of Donna Troy. I never knew much because I didn't get as into the young DC characters (laughs) as you did. (laughs) But every time I see her, I'm just like... She's so cool, just watching her like rescue these kids and stand mm. up and then see all these people behind her and I don't think they said verbatim but it was something along the lines of, kick their ass, daughter. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, I don't know, she's just so awesome and she's so much older now so she looks a lot mm. like Wonder Woman. She's just beautiful and I don't know if they're cool or not, these horsewomen, but at least they didn't do like, this is famine. And this is my old pal Death, and here's war. They're like, this is genocide, (laughs) and this one we call her Armageddon, (laughs) so it's just kind of like tangentially related to the Four Horsemen. Mm -hmm. But they do kind of have cool outfits. They have like really unique looks. They're exciting in their own way.
1: Yeah, and they're all tied to Diana somehow. One way or another, she screwed their lives over.
0: Which is just the best especially for me to walk in on because mm-hmm. wonder woman i know barely anything about her villains and so when i see these guys i'm like oh that's exciting and new i don't know what this what's that who's that over there but they all look good not like some new characters we've been stumbling across yeah punchline and so
1: <laughs> or clown hunter clown
0: hunter looks so bad i'm sorry i want to like them mr Teeth. anyways <laughs> don't mean to always be bagging on mainstream batman writers
1: i'm sorry tinian we do like you you're a nice person
0: you're a nice person you don't deserve anything bad said about you ever but it's gonna keep coming until, <laughs> until the original characters stop <laughs> or get better i don't know i would Maybe say they just better. need like a redesign he's great love him So anyways, (laughs) smash cut over to Wonder Woman, giving an anti-establishment speech to a bunch of children who's like, you know what, sometimes (laughs) kids, it's good to rebel against authority. It's not bad. You can totally go your own way. And like her friend, I don't know, I thought it was a teacher, but then they go home together.
1: That's a detective for Boston PD that is following Diana ever since she came back. This is a character brought on by Steve Orlando, where she's basically watching Diana's moves, making sure that she's not doing anything against the people.
0: She got so mad at her. She's like, some of these kids have trouble putting their pants on, and you're telling them resist more authority? They need (laughs) context. And I'm like, I hate to side with the pro-establishment police, but she's right. Yeah. (laughs) You probably shouldn't tell toddlers to, like, hate authority. <laughs> you definitely should have given context, Diana. Huh. <laughs> they do kind of nicely tie that into her complaining about or Master, where she's talking about how she regrets not being honest and upfront with her, and how she's trying to fix that here. And There's that nice little nod to Santa Claus being real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you don't have to tell kids everything, you know? And she's like, yes, we don't even... Tell the adults about Santa Claus and where he's holed up. <laughs> okay, Diana. <laughs> so, like, those little things, like, you can see that little Steve Orlando uniqueness to them. And I, I kind of appreciated that. It's so nice you... little
1: touches, Sorry, but... you go.
0: No, I was just gonna say, like, I, I'm stepping on your moment.
1: No, it's okay. I, I appreciate it because... I didn't think that you would actually read this. (laughs) So it's nice to hear your opinion on it. Because, you know, I read everybody's stories because I'm just crazy like that. So I was like, what? Somebody read my story this week?
0: (laughs) I wanted to weigh in. I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Because you've always been saying Wonder Woman's so good. And I was like, I don't know. Well,
1: it was when Willow Wilson was writing it. And then... The annual happened, and they chose Steve Orlando as a temporary writer. And, like I said, I do like S- Steve Orlando. I read his Marchman H- Hunter run. I read his Gotham City Monsters run. Which...
0: Oh, right. Yes, you didn't like Gotham City Monsters.
1: It was eh. But, besides that, so, I don't know. If this whole thing it feels important like yes it's not good that they're trying to attack Diana especially when she's in the middle of trying to find herself so she's in a very vulnerable position of I don't really know what's real anymore this is what I grew up believing but I'm also slowly discovering not everything was true right Part of her is like, I agree, I shouldn't have withheld those things from you. I was doing it to save you because I thought it was right at the time. And she's slowly trying to undo these burdens and make things right. Like A couple issues ago, she was trying to make amends with Donna. I am mainly just want to see this detach itself from Leviathan, and I feel like Nazis and Valkyries are two very strong things <laughs> that I wasn't expecting to be combined into one.
0: <laughs> you weren't expecting Nazi Valkyries?
1: <laughs> I don't know anyone who is. <laughs>
0: But I mean, like, you have the Viking sort of superiority, that's Scandinavian, like, you could go that route, I guess? Because weren't, like, Odin worshippers kind of intense? Maybe even a little bit, not genocidal, but sort of superior?
1: But, I don't know, her character just seems like such a mix of so many things. She's mad at Diana for hiding her life from her she's also filled with the rage of her ancestors against the amazonians so now she's trying to invade Themyscira through Diana mm-hmm. and giving her that ultimatum was like either you die by my blade or i'll kill everybody else
0: on the one hand i agree with you like you could probably tell the story without the nazi bent because as we all know nazis are overdone to hell and i'm really sick of Nazis. Mm-hmm. I I'm really sick of Nazis. I was just going to say,
1: like, in current times, I feel like we've had enough of Nazis. <laughs>
0: Super <laughs> tired of hearing about them. Every bad guy is Nazis. She can be bad and Scandinavian. Like, she doesn't have mm-hmm. to be both. On the other hand, it does give us a good reason for Wonder Woman to think that removing her from her parents was a good idea. Right. Because that's kind of her origin story. Like, who could have foreseen that... Oh, also, by the way, she's a descendant of some really intense, like, murderous Valkyries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so she has that conflicting information. In the modern day, her parents were white supremacists. And it, like, literally shows Wonder Woman, like, leaping happily away from, like, a Nazi encampment. Yeah, With a child. And it's like, oh, so you kidnapped a child, but you did it from literal Nazis. I don't know the the environment they had but it sounds like she was removed from a dangerous, warmongering place. You can kind of get more of the Wonder Woman doesn't see anything she did is wrong versus Paula, who sees her as, like, taking her from her family. Right. So that makes sense to me. I still need to know the context to know if she's still the bad guy in this. Because if they were just like, ah, that's our farm, we have swastikas everywhere, she's like, nope, no children for you, then she's the bad guy.
1: It was a raid between Diana and Argus, Oh. They killed her parents and then Diana found her.
0: Okay. Then, so yeah.
1: she saved her and because the place was also coming down and they gave her a new identity because they didn't want other Nazis finding her. And she was just so in awe of Wonder Woman. She wanted to be a hero just like her. She grew up with her and Diana was there for so many moments in her life going to school, a new society, graduating college, joining Argus, all these different moments, and never told her about her past. And then Leviathan showed her the truth after he destroyed Argus
0: she's having a lot of conflicting emotions in their showdown. Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of looks like the spear is controlling her a little bit with just the rage and the injustice of it all. A little bit. So I don't think it's like entirely her being logical and being like, oh no, you saved me in that. If you hadn't come, I would be dead. So that makes sense to me. That's kind of how I got from it was like, oh, she saved you. But I mean if her story's already established, it's already Nazis, then what can you do? Mm -hmm. you know but on the other hand like you said it would have been nice to just focus on the Valkyrie (laughs) stuff Because then you do address a lot of that ancient history thing, where she's trying to be the victim, but you are a little bit muddled with the Nazi stuff. Right. I can't really feel that sorry for your distant (laughs) ancestors, because your more recent ancestors were pretty into the whole, like, genocide (laughs) Genocide thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, she's both victim and villain by proxy, and Mm -hmm. I don't think she really has a leg to stand on here. The cliffhanger... Of like, will she actually let them into Themyscira to save Earth? You didn't think that was worth something? Like, I thought this was a pretty serviceable issue. It's not going to blow my mind, basically. (laughs) But at the same time, it's not bad.
1: I'm going to continue to read it because I'm curious to see where it goes. And I want to see how Orlando's going to tie this up before he departs. Or is this going to be something that he just puts on to the next writer to kind of like set him up or her up. I could see Diana bringing them to Themyscira only for them to find the actual truth together because Diana is one to understand emotional perspectives.
0: Yeah. I mean, that would sound good, like if she could convince her to leave her weapons behind, then they could go together. Yeah. Because they Mm -hmm. both think they're right, and neither of them is, well, Wonder Woman isn't entirely sure. And I don't really know what's going on with Donna like, they really think they're going to recruit her?
1: It's one of those things, like, you go after the sidekick and it's like, Hey, remember when they piss you off? You want to get back at them? And loyal sidekicks are like, No, not really. Like, we kind of have our quarrels here and there, but we still respect and love each other.
0: I like Donna's approach, though. She's not like, No, thank you. She's like, You know what? You're right. I have been stressed out. I have had a rough go of it, and uh, thank you for volunteering as my sparring partners, because I'm going to kick your ass now. I love Donna so (laughs) much.
1: I can give you a couple recommendations of Donna Troy to read. I would happily, because Donna was one of my favorites, and I'm sorry that I didn't grow up to read her 80s Wonder Girl issues. I've only known her as Troy and Donna Troy from, like, early 2000s. And then her whole death and resurrection of coming back, and her whole mixed-up timeline and origin stuff.
0: I'm going to go on a Donna Troy adventure and I will live tweet the whole thing. Because <laughs> I know you probably don't have the recommendations off your head right now, but I'm sure our listeners want to hear some more Donna Troy stuff. Someone out there has to because I'm Titans, discovering her and I love her. Titans,
1: Outsiders, and the death of Donna Troy. These are all from the years 2000 to 2004.
0: I'm not going to start with the death of Donna Troy.
1: <laughs> no, that's the last one.
0: Where should I start, though?
1: In actuality, I would start with the new Teen Titans back in the 80s. Ah,
0: goodness. This is Young Justice all over again.
1: But I started with the Titans comic back in the early 2000s. So Mm -hmm. she was already super well established. And this is when Dick was trying to reform the Titans before Connor, Tim, and Cassie became the Teen Titans. They were Young Justice at the time.
0: Okay. I'm gonna try there. (laughs) That's a lot more reading than I was expecting. I was thinking a few, <laughs> a few omnibuses or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, they have those too. You can take your pick. Listen,
0: I, I'm gonna just dive in. I'm gonna write down what I'm reading. If I find anything cool,
1: I'll just post those. There you go. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sorry. Wrapping it up. Do you have any more to say about it, or do you want to give me a rating?
1: It was still very lackluster for me. I'd still give it like a four or a five out of ten. I'm curious to see where it goes, but maybe it's also because there's just such a gap between the last time I read Wonder Woman, so I'm not as emotionally invested in it right now as I was, but maybe that'll change as printing starts kind of speeding up a bit more.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, I can't wait to see who the established writer is who's going to take over it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like it'll wrap up very quickly.
1: It started with the annual, which I believe came out in January or February.
0: How could it go on for five issues, then, if it's only once a month?
1: You're right. I don't remember. Okay.
0: Well, that makes sense. Mm. Thank you so much for introducing me to Wonder Woman, because I think I'm back on board. I'm ready for this art. I was going to say, as somebody
1: now. who just jumped right on board, like, what do you think of it <laughs> overall, like, your rating?
0: I mean, maybe, like, a 7 out of 10. I don't want to wow. go too high now, because I'm intimidated, <laughs> but... I mean, normally I'm the hater in the group, but I really liked this. It made me happy. I think my standards for Wonder Woman are so low, because every time I see- hear me out. (laughs) Every time I see an animated Wonder Woman, she's just the kind of person, like, abrasive personality where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I would not like to be left alone in a room with her. Like, we wouldn't have anything to talk about, and uh, she seems mean. I don't like her. (laughs) But this Wonder Woman was great. I love Donna Troy.
1: I will say that Orlando does a good job of playing up that emotional side for Diana. And it's really nice to see her claw with the kids, not down at the kids.
0: Right. I showed you that one from that old comic where she was talking to those kids and playing with dolls. And she's like, hello. (laughs) Hello, woman. I'm here to to ogle your bulbous body or something like that. It was so weird. And I was like, that's the Wonder Woman I know. Because we were talking last week about... Wonder Woman, you're like, yeah, she's like that in the comics, and I was like, mm-hmm. but I guess like in this one, she really isn't. And even Donna says like, if Wonder Woman was here, she wouldn't even fight you; she would want to talk to you about your grievances. And that's how she acts towards the main baddie, who is dressed up in a Hitler's fashion dream. <laughs> she's got that black and red eagle mm-hmm. look to her, incorporated into the um, headgear for the Valkyries. And she's got a spear. So that's interesting. I still don't like her outfit as much as her sidekicks, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> Wonder Woman is just so sweet, and she's definitely trying to talk her down. She's not even trying to fight her very much. She even lets herself get like speared through the shoulder yeah. and pinned to a wall, and she doesn't even complain. She's still trying to talk her down mm-hmm. and make her feel like she is cared about, like she's being heard. And it's just the most wonderful person where you're just like, yeah. Aw that's a hero like every hero mm-hmm. in this acted like a hero and it's been a while <laughs> since,
1: I mean, it's a fresh breath of air and isn't there's it?
0: superman and you're just like i expect certain things from you people and who knew that wonder woman was the one holding the line <laughs> while these two go off script <laughs> wonder woman's holding it down she's keeping it tight i like that i mean she gets bonus points from me for that Everything about this I liked. I'm glad. It didn't blow my mind, obviously. It was a substantial issue. It was good.
1: I was going to say, it may not have blown your mind, but it left you wanting more.
0: Yeah, I want to see them go to Themyscira. I want to see if, like, Wonder Woman has to confront her family now about being liars. How they're going to, like, deal with this Valkyrie in sort of a kind way. And what they're going to do about all those other people that Wonder <laughs> Woman has
1: <is> grieved.
0: <laughs> and I also want to see if Donna ends up, like, coming back together with wonder woman for something
1: i really hope so because donna wasn't around the entire new 52 and they just brought her back for rebirth and again like we haven't seen much of her and i would love to see more of donna again
0: her outfit and her shield
1: look nice yeah that was a whole redesign from brett booth
0: Really? Brett Booth?
1: Well, he's the one that did the art for Titans.
0: I didn't know. I've just been following him on Twitter. I didn't even know what he did or why I was following him. That's cool. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, All right. Awesome. Thank you once again for sharing that with me. I Thank liked it a lot.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Wonder Woman with you next week or next month.
0: Also, one more thing before we wrap this up. Jesus Marino, really good job on the art. Oh, yeah. I liked yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he can draw beautiful women, and he gives them like such nobility in their faces. There were a few times where like the features changed just ever so slightly, or scale, but it didn't even matter. It was like really serviceable art and background. Coloring was good, too. Speaking of art, let's yeah. just wander on over <laughs> to mine. <laughs> so this art for Deceased Unkillables number three by the amazing Tom Taylor and... Questionable Carl Monster. I don't like bagging on artists, okay? So let's just get this out of the way. There's some really disturbing versions of people in this. It's rough. It's really rough. Not just
1: this issue, though, it was all three
0: yeah you never expect it either because the cover will look all shiny and really clean and professional and then you open it and you're like oof everyone's yeah. melting like it's even rough.
1: the the art for deceased like the regular title it was six issues like i thought it was okay but i wasn't crazed about it but still compared to this one
0: i screamed <sighs> <laughs> in deceased one i was cringing and gritting my teeth in deceased two i was shaking my hands (laughs) at the sky and in number three i was ready to throw it down in anger but it's just certain people like they will have their shoulders on backwards or their butts will be sinking down their (laughs) legs or their faces are like sunken back or up but Mm -hmm. just know that if you get this the inside's rough and you're just gonna have to deal with that because the story is pretty darn exciting
1: Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: I'll be honest, the layouts, like, as far as this artist can lay stuff out, it's good. It really sets up that suspense, the payoffs, they're all good. It's just people drawing.
1: And we've said it a couple times too, where a lot of great stories have horrible art, or a lot of bad stories have really good art.
0: It's not helping us people. It's not making the good stories better. It's not making the bad stories better. Just Why don't we like try to have good art on everything? (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 Sorry, okay, I'm done. I'm just saying I feel better <laughs> about my heart now. <laughs> I was having like a down week and then I read that and I was like, ah, Working artists. No, I mean it's fine. It's just that it is something you have to get past. So as we know with the unkillables in deceased, it's about a group of villains. They call themselves was it tree lobsters? Yeah. Basically they're the villains that can't die, or at least are very hard to kill. They're kind of brought together to be secluded, and then in this whole mini-series, which is a three-issue run, and we're on the third one, so it's finally closed up, they are trying to save a group of children in an orphanage, about 40 kids. And the question is, how do you shepherd 40 kids to the promised land? Which you're not even sure is a promised land. And all these things keep happening, and it's insane how many people die in unexpected ways. But then you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, they set that up. This was set up, that was set up, and you don't even see it coming. So -hmm. like the payoffs are so good. I don't even want to spoil them because I want you to read it. I want you to enjoy those payoffs.
1: It's really worth it. And it is cool. I like seeing those stories where it is a sequel to the story prior, but it's happening at the same time. Just a different perspective of it. Yeah. I really love those stories so much.
0: Okay, so then why don't you want to read that graphic novel about those kids on Krypton?
1: Because they're not the House of El, so why is it called House of El?
0: Probably because the House of El was responsible for the conspiracy that Krypton would be destroyed.
1: It wasn't a conspiracy; it was a fact. Well, the Science Pound Council it's just didn't want to "Listen,
0: <laughs> listen, to this conspiracy theorist!" I'm, oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, apparently, we're both wrong because the actual destruction of Krypton was by Rogolzar, alien from nowhere of space. Is
0: this a Bendis edition?
1: Yeah, I've oh, ranked shoot. it about this.
0: Listen, you have so many rants. You said <laughs> Bumblezar? Bobozar?
1: Rogolzar?
0: Rogolzar? I don't know these people. As soon as I hear Kryptonian nonsense, I just block it out. I'm sorry. Noted. I'm sorry. Don't cry.
1: Try. Just go back to your zombies. <laughs>
0: So back in Gotham, (laughs) 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 Ivy has been creating a forest oasis, allegedly. And they're like, maybe this is the only place to go. So on and off, there's a bunch of events that happen. I just, I don't want to get too into them.
1: I mean, we go into spoiler territory each episode.
0: I know we do, but I really want people to read this and be surprised. Because the surprises in this are actually really good. You saw me freaking out about him live. I was reading it and I was like, no, no.
1: (laughs) It's just great because those are the same reactions I had when I was reading it.
0: (laughs) it Well, it has really good pacing.
1: It's just nice to see because most of the time I'll read something and I'll freak out about it. And I'll tell you about it and you're like, well, that's stupid. And then here's 20 reasons why that's stupid.
0: That's not what I do. Sometimes. Always. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I call you stupid with love. Do I? I mean, I call the things you like stupid with love. Um. <laughs> 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 yes. It's my love language. Joe, we've been over this. I like to bully people. It's a disease. <laughs> I'm working on it. I tell you every episode I'm working on it. That should like count for it. something. Well, starting this episode then. What the heck? Okay. Just because you edited it out doesn't mean I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Yes. So I will say there are some things I didn't like. Okay. Some of the narration got a little bit sappy. It's like, and yeah. then a team. They became more than a team. They became a family. Like that kind of stuff where you're like,
1: yeah. all
0: right, should I leave? That's how I feel like whenever <laughs> I read that kind of narration, I'm like, I'm going to leave. Um, some of the dialogue was a little bit sappy. It was kind of setting stuff up to the point where you know, in my head, I'm thinking this is like one of those Dear John things where they're like, this is the overly sappy letter the wife writes just before she kills herself, you know? And you're just watching it after everyone's dead. You know someone's narrating, but you don't know who. They're a little bit over nostalgic and it gets a little weird. There's this weird romance thing happening with Jimmy Gordon and uh, <laughs> Deathstroke. There's a weird romance between them. And then there's a weird forced romance between her and Jason.
1: Well, the bromance thing I can see because they're just two dads that wanted to look after their kids. And because Jim had such a connection with Batman, he sees all the Robins as his responsibility.
0: More like they're his team. Like they're his squad. Yeah. But he's definitely being a father figure to all these children. He's that one guy in the group when everybody's like, yeah, let's do this. He's like, nah, you guys are bad guys. I'm watching you. So he's a little bit of a principal in this. And then he kind of softens up to Slade. And they have one heart to heart. And then it's just two men with white hair running around like <laughs> hand in hand. Except the other hand, Jimmy's holding a bottomless flask that he's always sipping from, which makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> he's a little too close to the Harley Quinn Jim. <laughs> Or from the Harley Quinn animated series. Just, oh, he's got that flask and he's like he chugging it. I'm like, where's all this booze coming from? You're in an orphanage. Anyways, Jason was another one of those things. He was so edgy and annoying. He's just so edgy. Yeah,
1: I had my moments of how I felt about Jason.
0: He just felt like an empty vessel to me. He didn't seem like a really fleshed out character.
1: It felt a lot like stereotypical portrayal of Jason in Tumblr or something where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's the bad boy of the Robins. This is how he's going to act.
0: Yeah, he keeps telling people about his angst. He's like, oh, you <laughs> had a dad who was rough on you? Rose is like, yeah, my dad was freaking psychotic. Haven't you read my backstory? And Jason's like, oh, I grew up in the house of a billionaire. I had a real rough <laughs> too. And then someone makes fun of him for getting his head blown in from like a sledgehammer. And people are like, whoa, over the line. <laughs> It's like, is it though? Because he tries to work that into every conversation. Jason cannot let it go. It's like his one personality trait. It's like people who are into bondage, you know? Like you'll find out within five minutes of meeting them. That's not true. That's just some people. So talking about fetishes, there's a child who's a furry and it's it's (laughs) Cheetah's fault. (laughs) There's a little kid, and she like bonds with Cheetah, and this is actually in my pro side of things, not my con, because she is so cute, and she just kind of bonds with Cheetah, and Cheetah is so soft with the kid, and she <laughs> lets the kid pet her and call her kitty. The kid's also attached to Ace the dog. <laughs> Those kids, like, <laughs> into animals, and, like, halfway through, she's wearing, like, cat ears. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's a problem for another day.
1: I do love how Cheetah's like, she's
0: the only one that can
1: call me this.
0: I love that moment. Like, you can see that moment when Cheetah's heart breaks. And then, yeah, I think it was Rose who came in and was like, well, that's cute. And she's like, nobody talk about it. Oh, so cute. So that was a little nice moment. And I was worried it was going to turn sour. The deceased storylines, they never end well. You're not supposed to end well. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just always waiting for that other shoe to drop. And I'm always disappointed because they take you right to the edge of success and then they rip it away from you and you're just like, okay. And then you're done with the book and you have to go to your other things and just be sad for a little (laughs) while. But I will say this one ended on such a cool note. It saved this whole line for me. It was good. I was maybe 4 out of 10 for this the whole time. And then at the end, it just popped right up to, <laughs> I want to say 8 out of 10. It would be 9 out of 10 if not for the Yeah,
1: owner. I definitely agree. That was my rating for it.
0: Really? Same? Yeah, same. Wow, it's I'm really not the negative one. <laughs> my overall rating is higher than yours this episode. I'm yeah. so excited. I'm recovering, you guys. I'm becoming a better person. because I'm I can slowly like things. getting worse. <laughs> well, maybe your standards are higher because you've been reading more comics. Maybe. Speaking of DC Comics, Joe, there were some other ones that came out this week. Do you want to read those off?
1: Yeah, sure. So for Black Label, we had two of them. We had The Dollhouse Family, number six, and we also had Plunge, number three. We also had Red Hood Outlaw, number 45, So you get to see more of Jason Todd and (laughs) Matt factions, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 10, which I still cannot believe you're giving money to after we vowed not to give money to bad writers, despite the covers.
0: I said Bendis, Rooka, and Tom Keen. I didn't agree to Matt faction.
1: We said bad writers,
0: But, but but bad writers. The Ben Oliver art! It's the best art there is! I'm over Art Germ. I mean, I love Art Germ, but Ben Oliver <laughs> is my new favorite. Like, Middleton is still like up there, but I'm obsessed with Ben Oliver right now. I've been watching his stuff on Instagram, and ah, oh, that art is so good! I wanna like collect it all, put it in a gallery, and just stare at it all day. <laughs> just, just sit there and watch it. It's so good. Sorry, I didn't mean to do an advertisement for Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. I apologize. It's okay. But seriously, follow Ben Oliver on Instagram and Twitter. You will not regret it. He's so good. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about Twitter, actually. I think I might not be following him there. So I don't know what he says. Maybe I shouldn't find out. Um, New things I wanted to talk about, though. There is some cool DC news that came out this week. There's gonna be released the Snyder Cut in 2021 on HBO Max. Yeah. What was your reaction to that (laughs) Joe?
1: I think it was the same as yours where it's like, I cannot believe this got approved. (laughs) And I thought it was just, you know, more propaganda for it because a couple days ago, it just started showing up on my Instagram and Twitter a whole bunch with these new posters and stuff. And then I saw the video clip of Zack Snyder's live stream of rewatching Man of Steel and Henry Cavill joined it. They were all watching it together. And then at the end, Cavill's like, I think you could tell them now. And then Snyder cuts to, I think it's computer screen or something like that, where it says Snyder's Justice League is going to be on HBO Max in 2021.
0: Do you think it's going to live up to the hype?
1: No. <laughs> Do I think it's going to be better than Whedon's? Yes. Yeah. In comparison, yes. I feel like it's going to be better. As a movie itself, I don't think it's going to be good. I haven't been a fan of Snyder's films or his whole dark take on the dc universe so i knew this right off the bat i wasn't gonna enjoy it but still the fact that it got approved and so much backing for years and years and years and people aren't focusing on the fact that it's it's a justice league movie that people wanted to see they're focusing more on the fact that this is a project that snyder was really excited to work on and built up towards but got taken away due to you know, his family emergency. And he got bashed on it ridiculous amounts from Whedon taking over and then people being like, How did you let this happen? Why couldn't you move on faster to fix it?
0: So <laughs>
1: more people are praising I didn't this hear happening. too many people
0: doing that. That's rough. But I did yes. hear a lot of people release the Snyder Cut was supportive of Snyder over Whedon. Yeah. So like it's nice to see that is listening to their fan base and they are giving Snyder that chance to actually do something that is mm-hmm. simply his.
1: So he got the backing to finish up the editing and stuff because it was all unfinished clips right. and things that still needed visual effects and stuff. But So he got the money to finish all that and... Still didn't give a clear answer on about if it's going to be one four hour film like Titanic (laughs) or if they're going to break it up into six television size episodes on hbo max which is something that dc is really starting to push towards because that's also where their green lantern show is supposed to go Mm. which it's also supposed to kind of follow what grant morrison wanted which is standard cop procedure but in space
0: yeah i think that'll be exciting I mean, like, if you put on HBO, like, it's going to have different standards for running. It's probably Mm -hmm. safe. But as far as the Snyder Cut goes, from a financial standpoint, that's kind of a no-brainer. You're going to get people tuning in, giving you money for something they haven't seen before, and you don't have to do reshoots.
1: Exactly. It's all there. Especially, like he said, too, with the movie that came out, Weedman's version of it, he still hasn't seen it, but he knows for a fact that they only kept a quarter of his... Footage. Oh wow. So 75% of Whedon's version of Justice League were reshoots.
0: And they were such expensive and useless reshoots yeah. as well. Oh, that movie. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna watch it. I hope I'll watch it with you, Joe.
1: I definitely tune into it.
0: We'll get some popcorn. We will Mm -hmm. either roast it to hell or we'll have a good time.
1: It's gonna be either exactly what I'm expecting it to be like and also kind of relieved that now people can stop talking about it.
0: I heard someone telling me what they thought the Snyder Cut would have in it. And I was thinking, no, it won't. (laughs) Like, Like it'll have answers to this and this. I can't even remember, but it was a bunch of stuff. Like, they had a checklist of things they'd built up over the years in their head.
1: It was supposed to have Superman in the black suit. It was supposed to have Darkseid. It was supposed to have Martian Manhunter. And it was supposed to have Green Lantern.
0: It was? Oh, that's right. It was.
1: Yeah. Steppenwolf was supposed to be Darkseid. Martian Manhunter actually showed up in Man of Steel. He was a general. It wasn't Mm -hmm. his regular John Jones detective persona. But he was going to reveal himself as a Martian. And Green Lantern was supposed to be more than just a flashback from when Steppenwolf first stepped on Demoscere.
0: Right. No, I think it was more like they're going to finally reveal the romantic tension between Batman and Superman or something like that. It was going to be a little oh bit of a God. crack shift. And I was like, where are you getting this from? <laughs> yeah. What kind of, you're just setting yourself up for failure now. <laughs>
1: batman and diana maybe they could have pushed for something
0: they did have chemistry yeah if you want to go crack shippy they've already gone kind of off the rails with superman and batman characterization so like mm-hmm. who knows where it could go but i think wonder woman just has chemistry with everyone and batman's so broken he's just like <laughs> a woman he'll
1: accept any emotion yeah <laughs>
0: It's actually a lot closer to Lego Batman than I think any comic <laughs> I've read. <laughs> but yeah. Either way, it'll be a fun time. I'm looking forward to it. The only other news that I have for today is Ruby Rose is leaving <laughs> Batwoman. I heard this from Joe, and the I lead. am still in awe.
1: actor is leaving after only one season of this show. They said that it has nothing to do with the reviews of the show, It doesn't have anything to do with Ruby Rose's mental health. I saw another article today saying that it had to do with the stress of being a lead actor on a series like this. (laughs) And it was reflecting on how she was acting towards her colleagues and her co workers on set. Wait, what? Ruby Rose said that it was a decision that her and Warner Brothers came to because the stress of being a lead actor on the series was too much for her. Okay. I respect her for admitting that that, I'm sure lead actor is tough. I mean, Stephen Amell has gone on several interviews and just said how exhausting it is to be the lead actor in all these seasons and making sure that everything is perfect, especially when you love that character so much. And there are a lot of anxiety and breakdowns that he's had.
0: Mm, That's rough. I did not see any of that in the article you sent me, so I was... No, this was
1: on a new article I saw today. I also cracked up because, so the first article I saw was from New York Daily News, and they titled it Leaving Catwoman.
0: They did? Oh my gosh, I just (laughs) noticed. The title actually on the thing says Ruby Rose exiting Batwoman after one season, so they fixed it. But the URL still says NY Ruby Rose leaving Catwoman. Oh no. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of how her fans go as far as i think. <laughs> listen if i were her i would leave i mean best I of too. luck to her because this show was not doing her acting career any favors
1: the main thing that people are taking from this is what the CW executors said which is that they vowed to hire another LGBT actress for the series for the second season but my main thing is how are you going to replace the lead actor (laughs) now I don't know a lot about Kate Kane or Batwoman in general I do know that she dies and comes back to life But are they going to try to do a reincarnation thing? Or is this going to be like a Fast and the Furious scenario? Where (laughs) they're just going to be like, no, this is Kate Kane all along.
0: (laughs) I mean, they're not going to do it. (laughs) All LGBT plus people all look the same. So there you go. Here's another one. But I mean, they could do a Doctor Who version of things where they're just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Batwoman actually can reincarnate.
0: <laughs> Listen, we all know now that there are Lazarus pits in the United States of America. So here's what I propose. Batwoman goes on a mission to California. She dies. Someone <laughs> chucks her body into that secret Lazarus pit, which is apparently really easy to access. And then instead of coming out with a sparkling new catsuit, she comes out <laughs> with a whole new face.
1: I love how annoyed you still are about that. I
0: don't understand how Lazarus Pitts can give you a wardrobe change. I don't. It's so weird. Why did they do that? They have no respect for Catwoman. Honestly. I don't blame the writer. I don't blame the artist because I think it came from higher up. But I want to find that person. And I just want to have a little talk. Like, what kind of water is that? That you can just get new clothes out of it. Also, what about that whole demonic thing? Never mind. We're done. It's over. I don't know what's going on with Catwoman. I think it's dead.
1: I think they're coming back in June. That's when they're supposed to be re-releasing the Catwoman 80th. They changed the advertisements this week. So Mm -hmm. now they all say June instead of April when it was actually supposed to come out in March. And I really do hope that they do the physical copies and not digital because... Otherwise, I would like my pre-ordered money back. <laughs>
0: oh, I didn't spend any money. And I feel terrible because I know they're going to make good on it. And I really wanted those Catwoman And I'm really and shocked
1: because, yeah, you love Catwoman.
0: I know, but it like came right at this moment when like, all of a sudden my desire to buy comics just completely disappeared. And I was like, I don't like comics anymore. I'm done. And then I just stopped caring and everything i've read since then has proven my point up until this week because i have been reading so much new garbage (laughs) i mean like really what has dc given us but just hatred it just pops up every week to be like hello it's wednesday i hate you and you and you oh you had a childhood favorite well forget that you don't matter and that's just kind of how it feels every week.
1: I will say the two titles I've read that have yet to disappoint me are Hawkman and The Flash.
0: You're going to say those two?
1: And Batman Superman.
0: Batman Superman's nice. I keep forgetting that it exists.
1: Which is also written by The Flash writer Joshua Williamson.
0: Lovely man. But back to
1: Batwoman. I just want to know, she can't throw a batarang yet she can change her entire appearance now? <laughs>
0: I don't think that's one of her superpowers. I just think it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. If I were them, I would start over from scratch. Because their views tanked. I would too.
1: I would go to a different Earth. Apparently they just had their season finale. She was still in it.
0: Maybe they'll get Ruby Rose to do a cameo in the first one just to hand it off.
1: Yeah, maybe. Like the Fast and Furious thing.
0: (laughs) They did say Rachel Maddow is coming on as Vesper Fairchild. And I was thinking, why don't you just have her be Batwoman? She kind of looks like the same person. (laughs) <laughs> she could do it. I don't know. It was this whole show. Like, I can't care about it. Its views just tanked. It's a, like. And yet
1: you've watched more of it than I have. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed the CW shows. I know. Past since I have still haven't caught up and I don't know if I'm going to.
0: It's more entertaining than Supergirl just because it's aggressively bad. Whereas Supergirl is earnestly bad. I wish the best of luck to Ruby Rose, and I hope that she gets a better director soon, because this was really bad.
1: Yeah. Your career can go up from here. This is not the end.
0: I mean, I want to say it can, but I'm thinking her acting in this was worse than anything I saw in Twilight. (laughs) But um, directing on Batwoman is horrendous, and the writing is horrendous, and everything about it is horrendous. So if you can escape, uh, you should run. Good luck, Ruby Rose. I honestly hope you get better directors in the future. In the meantime. (laughs) Sorry. You're just like, yeah! No more negativity! But then you talk about Batwoman, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I cannot believe people made that. In, I'm still in awe. It's just jaw-dropping. Okay, DC Comics. Let's talk about next week. Joe, you have the list for what's coming sure. out next week. There's
1: actually a couple that I'm excited for next week. So for May 27th, we have Aquaman 59, which I have been waiting for. Batman 43, which I have been waiting for. We have two black label titles again. Basketful of Heads number 7 and The Low Low Woods number 5. We have The Flash number 754. Which I am shocked because I'm pretty sure that was monthly. Unless they're trying to make it bi-weekly now. Just to finish up Williamson's run because he said that he's going to be ending Flash. Which is really sad. but you also have he-man and the master of the multiverse number six the last god number seven justice league 45 sandman universe the books of magic number 19 we have suicide squad number five supergirl number 41 teen titans number 41 and the terrifics number 27 and dc also announced that supergirl and the terrifics are going to be finishing their runs digitally
0: that's unfortunate did i read the terrifics i think i read one issue of it and i didn't mind it i thought it was kind of sweet. Supergirl I didn't enjoy, and I stayed on a lot longer on that one. I just read it for Joshua Middleton's covers, let's be real. So I'm- <laughs> He hates that I do this, but listen, the covers were drop-dead <laughs> gorgeous, okay? And I got a few, and I started reading it, and I was like, I want to see where this goes, and then I just kept reading, and it wasn't going anywhere. But it's the story of a girl and her dog, and then like around issue 15 I think I stopped, so who knows where she is wow. now. Maybe it got better, but it sounds like it got worse if that's the one they're dropping.
1: That and Terrifics.
0: Yeah. Maybe they just weren't getting enough buzz. Maybe. Well, we know that Marvel is going to release a few things. So next week we're going to have The Amazing Spider-Man 43, Avengers 33, Marauders 10, and we're going to get the first issue of Star Wars Doctor Afra.
1: People have been dying for this story for years. I do not know enough about Dr. Afra. I'm a Star Wars fan. I do not consider myself one of those hardcore Star Wars fans where I know all the different lore and books and stuff <laughs> like that.
0: Right. I thought there already was a Dr. Afra number one, wasn't there?
1: There was. Like, she's had a couple titles, yeah. but this is one of the latest ones to come out.
0: I feel like I read one and I didn't like her. So I'm interested to see if there's new interpretation. Are you going to get it? Are you going to review it?
1: Oh, I'm definitely going to get it.
0: Nice. Then I will not. (laughs) (laughs) I may get Venom number 25, though. That was the last one on my list, and it looked fun. So we'll (laughs) see. I'm still curious about what's going on with Venom in this world.
1: Yeah, I'm curious, too. Ever since that whole Absolute Carnage event.
0: Right. Yeah, there's a lot of fallout.
1: I still haven't read it, but again, like I'm slowly getting into Marvel, so now that they're going to be starting to print again, gives me a chance to kind of catch up.
0: Right. I don't know. It's going to be weird, because isn't uh, Marvel moving on from Diamond?
1: Yeah, well, both DC and Marvel moved on from Diamond with these two new publishers now that came out of this whole pandemic. One's for the East Coast, one's for the West Coast.
0: Kind of awesome. How do you feel about that?
1: As long as it helps them to get back onto the shelves of comic book shops and being able to support the comic book shops. As of right now, it's very limited in terms of people walking in because, as we all know, the country is slowly trying to get back to where we were. Mostly, these comic book shops are doing order pickups or mailing them to people's houses or, in some situations, only letting a few people in at a time.
0: Yeah, I feel really bad for people who thought to open up their own comic shop
1: but jim lee because he's been doing this art auction thing for 60 days he's doing a sketch a day and a bunch of other artists chimed in with that donating it towards comic book shops they've already raised six hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars good for them wow and it's been 40 days so far
0: awesome i would definitely look into that i saw some auctions going on on instagram it looked Mm -hmm. really exciting and it looked like it was really alive.
1: They look so good. I want the I pieces so bad.
0: I know. I had to walk away. I was like looking at them and I'm like, ooh, that's for sale? And I was like, nope. No, no, no. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> Francis Maniple just released a flash print. Uh-huh. And oh that. my god, it looks amazing
0: glad they're actually keeping the artists occupied too like they're probably getting huge number boost from this as well so that's good I'm glad it's all working out and I personally am really glad that Diamond is falling into the background because I hate monopolies I think it's really great that we're gonna see some more (laughs) diversity in distributors I would love to see a lot of small printing shops getting some work out of this it sounds like they're limiting the amounts but it would be good to see a lot of jobs being created especially for indie and and imprint yeah. stuff just because I think it would also drive down the price for a lot of independent creators if there was just more <laughs> demand. I don't know we'll see. In the meantime we just had like a full episode of just the two of us for the second time in two weeks. I'm sorry that we're missing Muse but we can't wait to have it back.
1: Yeah but we had fun.
0: <laughs> yeah I agree it's pretty mellow with just the two of us though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice for relaxing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hush, you. We don't want her to think (laughs) we don't miss her. She won't come back. (laughs) No, but I did enjoy these two with you, Joe. You are a blast.
1: Thank you. You're pretty swell yourself.
0: You know, Joe, (laughs) most people in this era would not feel comfortable using the word swell. (laughs) All right. I'm going to let you go to bed, and all of you... Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Court of Outlets podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Court of Owlets. Let us know which comic you want us to cover next week or comics. And make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. Good night.
1: Take care, guys.